0: Hello, and welcome to The Anchor Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We wanna help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's word. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's message. Hey, um, I wanna bring your attention to some local things that we're involved in, obviously, in pushing back on the evil of our world. And, uh, A lot of us um, went and are, are partnering, obviously, with the Pregnancy Center, <laughs> Kern County Right to Life, and so Judy Goad uh, at the Kern County Right to Life um, had this protest that we, we got some of our people involved in right on Rosedale in front of the CVC uh, area, and what's happening is they have now made this that you can get these abortion pills right over the counter, you know, through the CVC or Walgreens or whatever. I mean, it's just abortion on demand. Anyone can go get it, and it's ridiculous. So <clears throat> we staged uh, with, with them, with Judy. We, we joined her in this peaceful protest of this. And I, I want to commend anyone here that went to that and was able to go to that because this is our way. We have to, we have to push back on this. We have to stop allowing people to think that killing babies is okay. And <clears throat> I'm proud of the people that went. I bless you if you're here and you did that. But it never comes without opposition. So um, they were telling me that um, you know, people driving by, a lot of support, obviously, a lot of support for it. But then you have the opposition. And, of course, you can see the opposition because they always mark their hair. Okay? They always give their hair color, and their hair color gives them away, right? So what they were telling me is that at this corner, they must have saw them, and so they went back home, got a piece of cardboard, and wrote, you know, profanities on it, obviously. My body, my... Uh, my choice and all that junk and did a bunch of expletives. And then I think they were telling me they were flipping them off, cussing them out or whatever. But that's to be expected, right? That's to be expected. But I want you to understand, this is how fierce the opposition is. They're not content with just passing by. They went home, made a, made a, a little card and drove back around and cussed them out. That's how malevolent the people in our society are. They're not willing to let anyone have their free speech. I have to go and try to shut you down or cuss you out. This is the world we're in. And I want you to see this because we're gonna talk about Abraham's call, but it's our call too, man. We have calls that God calls us to, different stands. And I wanna invite you to take a stand with me on Monday, okay? So we have this situation here in the Kern County High School District. I talked about this on Wednesday. And we have this so-called non-binary teacher whatever. It's a female pretending to be nothing against her God-given design. Grooming kids under the gay and straight uh, alliance. Okay? I'm going to go to the, the, the Kern County Board of Trustees and I'm going to speak. I know Terry Maxwell is going to speak and a few others. I need you there with me. I want to fill that room. I want to fill the outside with people who are against this grooming junk to our teenagers. This girl made national news. New York Times, Fox News, it went everywhere. And she bragged that it's her job as a public servant to protect kids from their own parents, basically like a cult leader telling them not to tell their parents they're transitioning or they're changing their, their, their uh, you know, sex or whatever. This is called grooming, okay? The Kern High School District puts out a, a video every year talking about not grooming. She's grooming. I want something done about her. I'm going to ask for her termination. And I'm going to ask the Kern High School District to change their policy on the form they have on their website about not consulting with parents if the girl or the boy wants to change their gender or their names. That needs to be eliminated. The third thing that needs to be eliminated is this stupid gay straight alliance. It is nefarious. It is a cult. It is far left. And every high school in Kern County has one of these representations. And I already know what they do. They come under the guise of inclusion and safety and protection for the LGBT group. But what they do is subvert them, as a cult would do, and tell them, you can be anything you want, but we we're not going to tell your, kid, your mom and dad. It's a subversion of parental authority. It is a radical left group that blames white people for the LGBT, that blames white people for racism. And I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, uh, back down on that. Now, I'm going to present this to them in two minutes. But what they need to see is the support from the community. So um, here's what we're asking. The meeting is this tomorrow, Monday. Okay. The meeting starts at 7 p.m., but you've got to get there about 6.15. And you don't need to do anything except wear Rock Harbor paraphernalia, hat, shirt, or just, if you don't have any paraphernalia, just wear a blue shirt and represent, representing Rock Harbor. Because I want them to see the room filled inside and outside with people from the community that says, you need to stop this grooming right away. It ends now. And so we're going to press them on that. Now, again, this is our call as Rock Harbor. There's not going to be other churches that join us. It's just going to be us. You get this. Because all the other churches are checked out. They don't care what's going on. There might be a few here and there, but the majority are doing their own thing. We have a call, a prophetic call, to stand against evil. Now, I'm not, cha- I'm not guaranteeing you anything's going to change. But I am going to be standing and be counted that when Jesus asked you and I, where were you at when you heard about this? What did you do? I want to be able to say, we spoke against it. We called it out. And we did what we could, Lord. Good. That's called being salt and light. And a lot of churches have given up that. So I, if you want, come, join me. Let's get there about 6.15. 15. here's the location, boardroom located, EOC, Administrative Building, Cornelisville District, Sundale Avenue, Bakersfield, 93309. So join me in this, okay? We need to start pushing back against the society. Enough is enough. You can't do this to kids. You just can't. So anyway, that's just another highlight. But anyway, let's get to the call of Abraham. And, and apply this to our own personal lives. As we're seeing now, the God calling Abraham to this new adventure, to this new call, to this new place of blessing. And, and what we look at with Abraham is you're going to apply it to yourself. Because every one of us in here has a call. A call to bless others spiritually. A call to do something bigger with our lives that has eternal value. This is where we derive meaning in life. is answering the call of God. So I want to help us understand what is our individual calls. Now, here's, here's what we have to start out with. We did a little bit of introductory last week, but what I want to do is answer this question. Why did God choose Abraham? Was it some just, you know, random pick of this guy? Was it just some, you know, I'm just going to any, many, many, mo, and I just choose somebody? No. This is God's choice always has a direct uh, connection with the person's life, whether it's Noah, whether it's Moses, or whether it's Abram. So what we have here is a, a hint from Genesis 18, 19 of why God chose Abraham. For I have known him. Okay, what did he know him of? In order that he may command his children and his household after him, That he keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. That the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. What it's just saying to you is, I chose Abraham because he's the kind of guy that's a family man and he takes care of his children and his family by teaching him, them, my ways. This is what this guy will do. And if I'm going to create a, a new family, a new nation, then I'm gonna need this type of character. A man that's involved in taking care of his own family spiritually. Now I want you to think about that as it goes into your call. God chooses people who care about others. He doesn't choose people that just care about themselves. So in your call, what he calls you to do will always be to spiritually benefit others in your life. That will be part of the call and that will be part of the character. And you, you think about what, what Abram did. Remember, he adopted Lot, basically, and took Lot in. That was his nephew. His dad had died. And Abraham was not gonna about, about to let Lot uh, live on his own. So he took him with him all the way into the, uh, uh, to the promised land. You remember that. And Lot chose his own ways. But Abraham basically rescued Lot with pleading with the Lord about Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that? Abraham knew Lot was in there. So... Lot was saved because of Abraham's plea. And so you can see the kind of man that Abraham is. He's a family man. He's concerned about his family. He's concerned about his spiritual family as well. And making sure information gets out. And this explains why he was picked. Now, let's start the journey a little bit and understand. Verse 31 of chapter 11. And Terah took his son Abraham and his grandson Lot and the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his, uh, his son, Abraham's wife. And they went out uh, with them from Ur of the Chaldees, you can see where Ur is in the fertile crescent, to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So let me, let me back this up so you can understand the, kind of the, the context. Abraham has already been called, okay? He was called in Ur of the Chaldees. But here's the interesting thing that happened. Abraham was able to convince his, his extended family to come with him. Okay, So that's why Terah, his father, goes with him and they go up to Haran. Now, originally, that's where Terah was from. It's Haran. So Terah took his family back to when they were younger to Ur. Now, again, how old is Abraham? He's 75 years old. He's well-established. He's got his flocks, his herds, he's got his possessions, everything, he's set. But God calls him, I need you to move. I need you to get out of here. I need you to to be a blessing to other people and you can't do it from where you're at. So Abraham says this has happened, tells his dad and his dad says, okay. Understand, Abraham is being called out of paganism, okay? He's, he's not a Yahweh believer. Somehow he came to faith in, in Yahweh, whether through personal direct revelation or something. We just don't know. But, but Abraham and his family come out of paganism. And that might be your story. It's my story. I come out of pagan Catholicism, idol worshiping, venerating Mary, venerating the saints, not understanding what Jesus' death meant. I come out of that pagan Catholic background. So in many ways in my life, I'm an Abraham. It started with me. And maybe you're here today and it started with you because you didn't have the family background of a long line of Christianity. Don't discount that. You're an Abraham and you and your wife are a Sarah and Abraham. And that's good because it starts fresh with you. But anyway, his, his extended family, go with him, okay? And notice this, so the, the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. What ends up happening is Abraham has to move on and he has to go on because he, he, his father just wants to stop in, in Haran and doesn't want to move any further. But the call of Abraham is to go to Canaan, the promised land. So what ends up happening is... Abraham has to leave his father and extended family behind because they won't make the journey with him. They won't go all the way. And what is that? The answer to this is a principle that those who start the journey with you in your call will typically not be the ones that end up with you at the end. And you will have to go on without them. You will have to go the distance because they can't go the distance with you because the call is too much. Terah could go halfway, and he went to Haran, and that's as far as he wanted to go. But to do the call of God, you've got to go all the way. And you will have to, at some point in your life, leave people behind that can't travel with you anymore. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm framing this in a kind of a, 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 you know, a, a spiritual sense. I'm not saying that you're gonna have to leave your family. I'm just saying you're gonna have to leave things behind you're going to have to leave people behind that are not on board with you. Some of the things we're doing is going to scare people. You make a stand against evil. You call things out. You say something to your boss that this is not right. Hey, man, people are not going to follow you. You say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to take any more vaccinations. I'm not doing any of this junk. I'm not going to wear a mask. You watch. You'll be by yourself because everyone else won't follow you. They can't go all the way. And you, as a believer, have to understand that. And that's okay. You have to go forward without them. And here's the thing. You will do it alone. There's others with you, but you will do it alone. And that's the test. Can you go all the way to the call and leave others behind? Now, it says, now the Lord had said to Abraham. Again, um, Moses is writing this. So he's writing it from the perspective of he knows all the whole story. And so he's going back to Abraham's call originally in Ur when he says this. Now, the Lord had said to Abraham, and here's the original call. And what you have to understand about this, it is the Lord who initiates your call. Always. The Lord initiates salvation, right? Without him and his offer of salvation, we would not initiate it. He initiates that, and then we respond in free will. So God initiates Abraham's call. And so that's one of the things. Now, here's why is this important? Because do not get into the mindset that you're going to create your own call. That's when people really get messed up because they they attempt to do something that they were never called to do and they land flat on their face. If you truly want to be in the will of God, you seek his call, not what you want to do. And I know that's tough. That's hard. Because you're going to say, Lord, don't send me to Alaska. Don't send me to the Arctic. Or you're going to say, I don't want to go these places. But you can't be like that. You're going to say, I have a blank paper right in front of you. And you're going to sign your name on the bottom and say, Lord, fill in the rest. You tell me where you want me to go, what you want me to do, and I'll do it. It's called submission. But it's initiated by him. So don't make your own call. There's a lot of people in ministry we call Mama Call, Papa Sent. In ministry, you ever heard that? Mama called, Papa sent. They go into ministry because of their parents. They think they got to follow in their daddy's footsteps or whatever. And that's wrong. It's wrong because they're not really called of God. They got to be called of God. And that's the issue. Well, how will I know, Brandon? How will I know that God's calling me? Well, let's ask a few diagnostic questions of yourself. God will use your natural gifting. He made you this way, right? So your natural gifting will go into your call. The second thing is he will use your spiritual gifts that you received at salvation for the call. That's the reason you were gifted a certain way. So that, that, that implies that you need to know your gifts. And then he will use your experience in life. Don't discount your experience in life. He let you go through these experiences that you would learn and become wise and be able to use it in your call. Now how about your History. He's going to use your history. Think about all the things that you've went through in history, in your history, your particular history with God and with people. Think about the pain that came in your life. Think about trauma. All those things had a purpose. All those things were there to teach you and prepare you for what he has in this call. And then what you'll see, and it kind of bled off the, 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 the thing. I'll have to fix that. When you are called... This is an interesting thing that I want you to see. The call will give you order in the midst of chaos. That's very unique. Because all around Abraham is chaos. They're they're coming off of the Tower of Babel. All the world has went their own way. They're worshiping other foreign gods. and, And Abraham is coming out of paganism. And there's chaos around him spiritually too. But the call, boom, it sets things in motion. It gives The clarion call, it's clear, it's simple, and it brings order out of chaos. That's part of your call. It will call you out of your comfort. That's a given. You are not gonna be called to something comfortable. You're gonna be called to something that's very difficult for you to deal with. It'll be a challenge, it'll be a test, and it'll be a test for everyone around you. That's why so many people won't make the trip with you because it's too much of a test for them. But it is a call to discomfort, unlike what the Joy Boys say on TV. And then look at, look at the preparation in your life. Don't discount the preparation. When you're looking at what God's calling you to do, you wanna look at how he prepared your life. What did he do for Abraham these 75 years before? I don't know all the details, but I do know that whatever he did for Abraham, he became a family man. That, that was his priority to protect his family, which would make sense, right? Because he's gonna be the father of the biggest family of faith, right? So it all makes sense. So look at your preparation. What have you been through? How has he been preparing you? That tells you what your call is. And then here's the other great thing. The path not only gives you order and chaos, it gives you a path forward. Because people say, what do I do now? What's happening now? What do I do? We had uh, people this this week. um, Poor Paula, her husband just died at 54. They sit right here in the front. He died at 54. It's Paul. Hey, Hey, what happened? We were just talking to you last week. He died. Passed out. And now he's went home with the Lord. What is she to do? Well, what you'll see is God will give her a path forward. He will give clarity in the chaos. And she will eventually answer that call when He's ready. But that's the great thing that God does. Where do you go when you don't know where to go? He will show you. He will show you the first step. And that's all you have to worry about. Go, do it. Now, here's, here's the command in Hebrew. When he spoke to Abraham, this is what he said. It's in Hebrew, and it's an interesting way it's phrased. Lek, leka, which means get out and separate. Now, here's the interesting twist. For your benefit. Whoa, okay. It's more than just leave. It's you need to leave for your benefit. This is not helping you where you're at. And then he adds three qualifications to it. Of your country, or of the Chaldees, from your family, and from your father's house. Because these things are not helping you to be able to accomplish what I want you to accomplish. Now again, we're not talking about, you know, I don't want you to make the mistake of, we've we got to leave California and that's what God's calling you to do, okay? That's not the, the application. The application is where Abraham is at spiritually is not going to allow him to do what God wants him to do. So that does mean you need to change the environment. You need to change the spiritual conditions that are around you. You need to change the people that are around you. Because sometimes the people are holding you back, like I talked about last week. And notice what he says. I need you to get out of your country, family, and father's house. What is that? Because what it says, lech lecha, to separate for your benefit means that these three things are actually holding Abraham back. And so I need you to get away from them for your spiritual benefit. Now, you think about this in your own life. This is a hard one. To do God's call, you can't stay where you're at spiritually. You can't. He's asking us to go to a whole, a whole nother level. Well, in order to go to the whole nother level, you can't stay there spiritually. You have to grow spiritually. So this is about spiritual growth. And from your family, what do you mean? Is any of your family men, members holding you back? Or, or or, not like they, they're you know they're saying, hey, Brandon, I'm going to hold you back from serving Christ. No, no, they're issues that never get fixed, keep holding you back. You have people like that that you're constantly having to give attention to, constantly having to put all your energy and strength into, and you have nothing left for the Lord. They're sapping you of it, and then from your father's house, what does that mean? Abraham, even though he's 75, needs to establish his independence. He needs to get out from under the shadow and the authority of his own father and be his own man and be his own authority. And this is what we tell our young people. When you get married, you get out from the authority of your parents and the in-laws and you form your own authority. You must do that. It's vital for your spiritual success. And so Abraham's called to leave his own father because it's becoming a hindrance to him. So, as I've mentioned before, certain people will become a hindrance to you. They will attempt to hold you back, keep you down. But here's what you gotta understand. People don't always have the best for you, okay? Many times they want the best for themselves. And the best for themselves is to keep you around, keep you latched onto them. They don't want to let you go. And I've heard many, many missionaries tell me, as an example, like you know, they felt God called them to the mission field, but their own family won't let them go. Their family is, is, is beating them down and, and making all kinds of excuses why they shouldn't go. Well, you have little kids, or you have this, or you're too old, or you're this, that, yada, yada, yada. And the family is pulling them back from the call of God. So the family doesn't have their best interest. The family has their own personal interests. So, if that's happening with you, you've got to establish your own independence in relationship with God. You can't ride the coattails of family members' faith. You've got to establish your own relationship with God. And that can only happen when you're independent. Now, God may put you in situations where he puts you in an independent situation, and it's just you and him. That's perfect. You actually want that. You wanna know how to deal with God one-on-one and not through your parents or not through an uncle, not through a cousin or through even your church. You wanna know how to deal with him one-on-one. We're here to teach you how to deal with him one-on-one. That's what we're here for. But independence is key. In bad churches, I want you to see this, in bad churches, the pastors will make the people dependent on him for information, My job is to make you independent of me, that you know the Bible on your own and you can independently deal with God. But what happens is they do that so they can have dependency from the people. That's when you see the wrong teaching going on in churches. We are not to make you dependent on us. Furthermore, let's continue on. He says, of your country, your family, and from your father's house. Okay, what's the general principle? The call is going to require us to make sacrifices by risking something we overly value or make into an idol. Okay? That's the problem. Now, again, Abraham's greatest strength is possibly his greatest weakness. He loves family, right? But he doesn't see that his family's holding him back. He's a family man. So you can see his strength turning into a weakness. And so he overly values that. That's why God says you gotta get away from your dad. You gotta get away from your own parents. And sometimes we make things into an idol. But understand this, whatever's holding you back, whatever idol you might be having that's holding you back from God's will and God's call on your life, you are betraying yourself right now. You are actually betraying yourself. You're betraying your future self in what God wants you to be by holding on to these things. Why would anyone wanna do that? Why would anybody not wanna get the maximum amount of rewards and the maximum amount of service they could to the Lord in this life? That's where meaning in, meaning in life is found. But people will betray themselves because they won't let it go. The idols and overvaluing things like money and career and career path and all that junk. Careful about that, guys. Think about the sacrifices you will have to make to do the call. These are the sacrifices Abraham had to make. Location sacrifices. Hey, man, I'm telling you right now, you living in Bakersfield is location sacrifice. Okay? I'm just gonna tell you, that's a location sacrifice. Okay? And so you've done that one. You, you can check that off the list by living in Bakersfield because it ain't fun living in California. It's horrible, right? We all know that. So you've already made that sacrifice. But then you'll have to make financial sacrifices too living here, right? We're all paying higher taxes, higher gas prices, higher energy costs, higher food costs for living in California. It's a sacrifice, isn't it? It's not fun, but it is a sacrifice. You're doing that. Most people won't do location sacrifices and they won't do financial sacrifices. They won't, they'll just move. And many people move out of California, not because God called them to move, but because they're not willing to make the sacrifices to stay where God wants them to stay. That's the problem, okay? So you have to make job sacrifices. Abraham, look, is living a comfortable life, man. He's 75. He's set. He's got his retirement in place. He's done. 401K's locked up. He's ready to go. No, God says, we're moving. Get out. Earning potential sacrifices. Many of you right now had to quit your job because they wanted you to be vaccinated or boosted. And you had to take lesser pay. Some of you work for companies that if you're not woke and you don't tout the company line as far as you know, inclusive, equity, all gender neutral, all that junk, you're capped in your company, aren't you? You're not rising past a certain level. You're never gonna get to upper management. Because why? You're making earning potential sacrifices because of your faith. It does affect your, uh, your ability to make money. You're going to sacrifice reputational sacrifices. Look, man, you start serving God, Jesus already told you. They're going to hate you. They hated me, they're going to hate you. You're going to lose your reputation with the world. Is that okay? Like tomorrow, we go to the current high school board, okay? There's, a bunch of, there's going to be people, and we're, going to, we're going to film this, by the way, and we're going to put it online, but there's going to be people out there that, that will hate us for this. That, that we're intolerant, that we're not inclusive, that we're, 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 we're homo bashing and all this other junk and not gay affirming. It's all gonna happen, okay? But are you willing to lose that reputation with the world as long as you can keep your reputation with God? I think it's worth it. Because we're gonna call out righteousness and sin and we're gonna say what it is. But understand, you will lose your reputation. Rock Harbor will lose its reputation as not being community friendly, to the LGBT movement or whatever look man we have our own people in our own church that have made stands with their biblical values um, of not caving into this I mean, we're at, goodness sakes right, right here at Tasty's Bakery with Kathy she refused it and she won her case so we have people that have already made their stands here in our church do you lose your reputation with the LGBT community and, and the worldly people of course they hate her But she's right with God. And that's what counts. So you will have persecution sacrifices. Abraham will be persecuted. All kinds of weird stuff will happen to him. And then there will be humility sacrifices. Understand this. Abraham will live in a tent for the rest of his life. I mean, think about that. I mean, he had a nice home. Really good place, you know, in Ur of the Chaldees. He settled. It's a building. It's a home. Okay, And now... From 75 years until he dies, he's going to be living in a tent, like a Bedouin. He will never have another permanent place. But what kept Abraham going? What kept him going is that he looked for a city that has permanent foundations, a city in heaven. And he was looking forward to New Jerusalem, obviously. And that's how he's able to live in a tent. But what, what, what is that? That's a humility sacrifice. I'm going to leave where I live and live in a tent. Wow. And let me tell you this, not only the sacrifices you will have to make, you will have to deal with evil. You will. Abraham, what does he deal with? All the things I mentioned here are what he has to deal with in his life. Deception from his own family, okay? Deception coming from him because he fears protection from God. Sorry, he doesn't think God's gonna protect him in certain situations. Troubling times will happen to him. Family struggles will be unbelievable, especially when he makes a mistake and has a baby with Hagar. And you get uh, Ishmael, which causes, and I'm gonna get into this, the whole Middle Eastern problem that we have now. Okay, it's a big, big, bad decision that affects us even today. He's gonna have threats from the outside and inside of his family. He's gonna have great obstacles that he has to deal with. Famine. He's going to have to deal with open conflict with people, not only in his own family, but foreign armies and kings. This was not an easy call. It is a life of struggle, but it's worth it because it gives value to him, and it will give value to you. And So I want to prep you with this to understand what you're being called to is something very hard, no doubt about it, but it's the only thing that has eternal value, and I want my life to count, and so do you. So this is what is required. Sacrifice, humility, dealing with evil, of course. And then he says this to Abraham. To the land, I will show you. To the land, what land? I don't know. He doesn't say. But what is it? It's one step. Just go. I'm going to show you the land. Just start out. Pack up your gear. Let's go. That's it. We get a little insight from Hebrews chapter 11, verse eight, and it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place, which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, look at the last phrase, not knowing where he was going. I don't think a lot of people like to do that. I'm going and I don't know where. Yes, that's the walk of faith. But that's where the call comes in. You believe God called you? Yes. Do the next thing. That's it. You know, I don't, people, here's what they want to see. They want to see the whole picture lined up in front of them. Show me the whole end. Show me the result. Show me where I get. And God's like, nope. That would be a lack of faith on your part, and I'm not going to give you that information. I'm only going to give you one step ahead. Now go. And you have to be like Abraham, and you don't know what all is entailing in this. That's how faith works. So think about Abraham's journey. Starts in Ur He's called an Ur Goes with Nineveh, Haran Got stuck in Haran Because his family Won't go, go with them And now God's saying You've got to leave them all Go from Haran And now go into the promised land And you're going to have to Leave these people behind Now again This is Part of faith um, You're going to take me into the Canaan There's the Canaanites There's all these people That are living there And yet you're going to Give me their land this, this doesn't make sense Don't worry about it Abraham Quit questioning me Do what I tell you to do Just leave Wow. So here's the principle. And I said it before. Where Abraham was at spiritually did not work anymore for his spiritual growth and for the plan of God that he he was going to use him for to bless people. And that's what your call will represent. And God is always wanting us to grow, grow, move, move. He's not content with us being settled. And so each time he calls us to something new, it's a movement towards spiritual maturity. It's a a task that is too overwhelming for us that we currently can't do spiritually now. So we have to step up our game to get to that next level. That's how he's always challenging us. And so you might think, I can't stand life because I'm always constantly fighting with life, constantly dealing with junk in my life and the stress never leaves. Yes, that's part of the plan. You're protesting what God is trying to do in your life. He has to get you up to this level in order to deal with it. And how is he going to do that? Say, well, you know, hey, just read your Bible and, and, uh, and think good thoughts and, and then you'll get there. No, it's hard work. You have to read your Bible with the intent of I'm trying to change. I'm trying to get better spiritually. That's how you read your Bible. You read it for the intent of getting to the next level spiritually and dealing with the tasks he's given you. So that's what he's doing with Abraham, and he can't do it from where he's at. Anyway, here's the principle. The spiritual ceiling must be broken when God issues the call to us. We will hit spiritual ceilings, and you're stuck. I have been stuck in ceilings. And I didn't know, understand what was happening. I'm just treading water. I'm not getting any further. I'm not getting any better in my reactions to things. I'm not getting any better in dealing with my issues. And you get stuck. Well, that, when ha- that happens, you're at a ceiling, a spiritual ceiling. So God's going to call you past that ceiling. And you have to break through. That's, that's the bottom line. You have to break through. How do you break through? With God's help, obviously, you go with the call and you follow the call to break through and you will break through. You can, but it's gonna take sacrifice. It's gonna take humility. It's gonna take all these things that Abraham's willing to do and you're not gonna know where you're going. And if you're okay with that, you will break through and you will be more like Christ, more able to do the things he wants you to do and answer the call. So the call is gonna require more faith than we have currently with the Lord right now. My faith right now is not sufficient for what's coming in the next six months or the next year or however long we are until the rapture. My faith is not sufficient. I have to get this going. I have to increase my faith. I have to learn my stuff to get there because this is what it'll do. It's only gonna show you one step at a time. The call will be beyond your current ability. We will have to leave where we're at and go somewhere new and unknown. Change is inevitable. Everyone hates change. And we will have to admit that where we're at spiritually is not good for us. And then he's gonna make these promises to him. And I'm gonna get into that next week. But I wanna show you this picture. Let me go through this. This is a picture of you and I. You feel like that? Okay. This is not a picture of salvation. This is a picture of discipleship, you see, it's different. You've got the storms around you, the lightning, the thunder, and you're rolling up a burden, your call, your burden is your call, by the way, up that hill to the finish line where Christ awaits you, okay, to reward you. So this is a picture of discipleship. This is not typically a picture that people see of themselves, but this is what the scriptures are trying to codify when you answer the call. Life will be like that. Do you feel that? Because I feel it. I feel pushing up that big ball. But I'm not gonna stop. And he doesn't want you to stop. He wants you to keep pushing forward. Keep one inch, step one more inch today, another inch tomorrow, another inch. Keep pushing that burden, that call, all the way to the finish line. Because that's what he wants from you. He wants the best out of you. He wants you to become like Christ, and he wants you to answer the call that Abraham did in your own personal life. So here's the bottom line just keep pushing. I know it's tough, I know it's hard, but just use his strength to never stop. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for what we can learn even in this brief time of looking at Abraham's call. It inspires us, intimidates us because of all the sacrifices needed, all the things we we have to do to break these ceilings in our own personal lives. But we wanna we wanna we want our lives to count, Father. We want our lives to have value and have meaning, to do things that have eternal value and to store up treasure in heaven for reward. Father, help us to fight whatever we have to fight, evil. Help us to answer the call that you've given us personally on our lives. And I pray right now, if there's someone that doesn't know Jesus, they would come to faith in him, relieve their their weight and burden and guilt of sin because he can forgive them and give them everlasting life because he died on a cross for them, was buried and rose on the third day. Speak to hearts now as we have this time of invitation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another lesson. We hope that this message is a blessing for you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website at rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up for our redemption draws near.